one-of-a-kind music immersion experience. Prepare to enter the zone. We are on the This is Radio Free Lo-Fi, and I'm your host, Nephi Winchester, along with... Johnny Beatastic. What's going on, guys? Ah, how are you doing today, Johnny? Man, you know, I'll tell you, this, this, last, this last week, I know it's been a while since uh, we've been on the air, but, uh, man, this heat, I'll tell you, this Texas heat, you, you, can't, you can't ever get used to it, let me tell you. I know. I, just, I walk outside, and then I'm drenching, and I have to, like, change my undershorts and my undergear and everything, man, because it's, like, well, drenching. like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. They, it make, could they be. make diapers for that. <laughs> <laughs> some depends. I, I think I might need a set myself. I don't know. And some extra baby powder on that to keep me nice and dry. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, Johnny, what you've been up to? I mean, I hear that you have a new interview for all our listeners out there with a what's a Zach? Okay, Jack, Zach Badir. That's cool. Well, that's that's cool. And I and I what you've told me and what I've done a little research. You know, I have to admit that I did a little research, and I noticed that this guy's into. He has his own a DIY type of cassette label or cassette. I, I think he's like a. He he makes this stuff for other labels, and then he also on two different bands, and he's doing just exactly. all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's got a DIY label out of, out of the Chicago area. Oh, cool. Yeah, I noticed that he's done other work for you know. I went to the website and checked it out, and I noticed that he's done. A, and by the way, listeners out there, we will have the links to all his stuff on on the show notes, so you'll be able to find his Fear Band out there. Need some work? I've seen some of his work on his site. It's excellent. He produces all this stuff out. You know, he does all the artwork and dubbing and all that stuff is what I can see. Plus, he has some good music out there, too. So you might want to check if you're a band and you want to get your stuff doubled. This is the place to go. Um, so I see so what's, the... What's the, name of, what's the name of his DIY label again? It's a DBD Tapes. Cool. DBD Tapes. Yeah. And then he's in the band Two Minute Minor and October Bird Death and Captivid, what is it? Captive Portal. So he's like he he does a lot of stuff, man. You know, and and I, the interview's a really good one too because you know he's in the Chicago area, and and for those of our listeners who know, that has always been one of the kind of centers for lo-fi music. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a, you've had a lot of artists that have come out of there over the years, especially the, in the eighties, nineties, uh, and continually come out of there. Not to mention, you, you have a huge jazz scene there. As, as we know, one of our good friends is a drummer and a jazz, in, plays a lot of jazz uh, with a lot of artists up there as a studio drummer. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it literally is a very competitive market. Probably the only competitive market that would even come close to that would be, you know, New York City or L.A. So, you know, bands have a hard time breaking in, you know, in Chicago. So it, it's really cool to get an insight from someone right there in the scene. You know what I found um, kind of cool too, because I was checking out some of his music. Because I, I checked out that Bird uh, October Bird Death, and I checked out the Two Minute Minor, which Two Minute Minor takes me back to oh, back in the day when we we're listening to like some real good hardcore punk. Um, 
But what I find, I was looking at the lyrics because I went into their band camp and we'll have that link there as well too. And I was like reading some of the lyrics of their, of their music. And it's not like, yeah, I want to kick somebody's ass and all that kind of stuff. It's more like positive lyrics, but with some good music behind it, man. It's, it's fairly cool. You know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by this guy because he's like, He's like doing all these different kind of things and then he's like expressing all his artistic flavor in his music and through the artwork and through him helping other bands and all that stuff. It doesn't seem like he's very selfish. He's like giving all, you know, he's really into the music and he's there to help, you know, just people do their music. Well, you know, and that's kind of the the the, the kind of the insight that I'm getting kind of with a lot of the, the DIY type of labels. You know, the artists really do understand, you know, Nephi, that they, they're really in this for the music, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of funny because you got a lot of that commercial music out there and there are, excuse me, there are a lot of artists out there that are in it only for the money and they don't even really care about the music. They sell whatever sells so they can make it, make a buck. Right. But a lot of the artists that we're, you know, talking to and the, the interviews that I've done, you know, they're really about the music and, you know, they would probably do it for free and shoot. Most of them are doing it pretty close to free, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're really not making a huge living doing it, but, uh, it, it's definitely cool because, you know, you kind of get the, that vibe that that underground scene still, still thrives, you know, and it's kind of cool to see that and see that people really still love music. Right. Right on. That's true. Let me play. A, we're going to play one of their, one of, the, I guess, oh yeah, he's a drummer, right? Because he's, yeah, he's yeah, a drummer. And, he's yeah, a drummer in two different bands. In two different right. bands. Yeah. So let's go ahead and do this song by Two Minute Minor. It's called Unite the Crew. I just kind of like the whole flavor of the song, the lyrics and all that stuff. I like the, the unity in the song. Yeah. It's just a good, a good song to start off with. So let's, let's check out Two Minute Minor, Unite the Crew. Unite the crew. What do you think, man? 
that is good stuff, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed the lyrics. They're very positive. You know, unlike what we're used to, you know, with, you know, some of those places down in Dallas with the Confederate Hammerskins back in the, you know, the day, you know, that stuff was not very um, positive. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. I've always thought that the punk movement has always been a revolt anyway. Right. And and it kind of and it kind of literally has always been in your face kind of thing, fighting authority. You know, and it's not it's it's kind of funny man cuz I I've never thought that it was much different than the whole than the whole reggae movement in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. It, it's another type of movement that's similar because, you know, it's a fighting of authority. It's basically saying, you know, I'm not going to take the rules and regulations that you put on me. And and that's kind of still I mean even though that's unite the flow or whatever you know it's still the same kind of message it's like you know you're, you're gonna you, unite it get it going man i mean and i think that's kind of kind of the the gist of things i think and i think that's kind of cool for underground music too you know because it's like okay let's let's get something started here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i i just really enjoy the lyrics i, I like the, the 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 lyrics and also like the i like that one part where the guy comes out and like singing in Spanish and everything else. So that's kind of cool. I really like that. Yeah. Different, man. It's different. It is. It's different. And I like it's like, just like in the day, you know, you know, I'm not going to do a three or four minute song. I'm going to get to the point and then put it out there. And it's, but it's powerful enough at the very end. I could see that, you know, in the mosh pit, like really getting into and it. And I kind of talked to him about that. I said, you know, so some of these artists on the label, and I said, and this, that, those artists in particular, I said, is that, is it kind of like, I mean, is the is the idea behind that kind of like early, you know, minor threat mm-hmm. and, and, and artists like that? And, and he said, he said it, it kind of really is, you know, it's they, they're, that's some of their influences. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can kind of feel it, you know, you definitely kind of feel, feel that whole, that whole kind of, kind of vibe from, from the same, the same kind of, uh, same kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's switch it over and go to the other project that he's in called um, October Bird Death. And let's listen to, mm, let's check out The Goon. Well, it's not called the, the Goons, it's called Goons. So let's check that out. This is October Bird Death. Shoot against the 
Okay, what I just did right now, I just got my CD player and smashed it and broke some windows. <laughs> I really you know, it's kind of funny. I was listening to that, and I was I was hearing a lot of the like Danzig, early Danzig stuff, man, like Misfits, mm-hmm. and 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 even even some you know a little even harder stuff, like maybe some suicidal tendencies, mm-hmm. maybe some maybe some uh, COC, but you know COC is a lot harder than that, but. It's the, the the message and the, the drive of the the drums and the, and the music definitely got that same kind of vibe to it and I never can get enough punk music man you know me I I have always loved that stuff mm-hmm. and I'll continue to love it till the day I die because it literally is just a really you know it gets you moving man it's it's a motivational kind of thing maybe maybe motivation to knock stuff down and smash things but <laughs> it's still good motivation it is it is good good workout music too you know. So, okay, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, we, we played a couple of their songs that, well, a couple of songs, that, you know, of, uh, bands that he's in. Excellent drummer. Um, I like to get into the interview and kind of get to know who Zach is and all that he does and everything else. And, uh, yeah, let's go to the interview and then we'll be right back with a little bit more music before we get out of here. How's that? Perfect. All right, let's do it. Well, we're here this afternoon with Zach Berdier with the band's October Bird of Death and Two Minute Minor. Zach, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're excited, you know, and I'll tell you, one of the things I'm really excited about, I got a, I got a fellow drummer, you know, that I'm, I'm getting to sit down with. And, you know, I haven't talked to hardly any drummers yet. Most of the Interviews that we've done so far have been with uh, either front men or, or guitar guitarist or you know so it's good to, good to, to have a fellow a fellow drummer on board so so tell me a little bit about you know what what you're doing I uh, I know that you do some type of uh, some pressing work and stuff like that tell me about the the, the business side and then we'll talk about the bands yeah so um, on the side I run a tape distro label of sorts called DVD Tapes. Um, basically, I would consider like a DIY version of disc makers, but for cassettes. So bands or labels come to me, they ask that they want their album or EP or compilation on cassette, and then we get the packaging sorted out, and then I make a certain amount that they want, and then they get it to sell at shows or online or what have you. Well, perfect, perfect. And and do you work with a lot of artists local in the, in the Chicago area, or do you do you work with artists pretty much all over the country? Um, it's now pretty much all over the country. It's whoever finds me on Facebook or my WordPress site, um, which is dvdtapes.wordpress.com. Um, it started as actually for the two bands I'm in, we wanted to get our first releases on cassette, and so we were trying to figure out what, how can we get it on cassette. And I remembered that I was given a duplicator from my grandfather when he used to do tape duplication for sermon tapes a while ago. And wow, okay. I, yeah, so I inherited that equipment, and it was just basically in storage in my place for years because I didn't know what to do with it, but it was like all nice new-ish stuff that I didn't want to throw out. So when these bands were having a conversation of trying to figure out how to get our stuff on tape, I'm like, oh, 
I have all this equipment. Let me try it out with our releases. And if it turns out okay, I may want to help other bands because I've noticed other bands in the area and in, at Audio Feed also wanted some stuff on cassettes. So I started to make some for people in that scene and in Chicago. And then since I put a name for it and a logo, other people have noticed and contacted me to get their stuff on cassette. And surprisingly, they sell pretty well. Who knew that cassettes would be a thing? Yeah, you know, and, and I was I was actually talking to, to Nephi uh, about that with the show, and, and, and he said that that's something that, you know, we're seeing a lot of. You, you know, cassettes made a huge comeback. And, you know, it's kind of funny because when we were kids, you know, that's what we recorded on. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. you, you, oh, you yeah. had a, like a four track recorder with cassette, and you bump the tracks with that. You know, and and that's 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 how it all began. You know, with a lot of a lot of the artists that that I I still associate with. You know, and it's kind of funny that that's making a, a big resurgence. And I think the other side of it is too, people because it's it's a cheaper process and it is kind of yeah. old school. Yeah, I mean, I can. Even since I do it all myself and DIY, people can get, I mean, the lowest run I do is 25 cassettes for $50. I mean, that's that's pretty cheap when to come think of it, especially, like, if you want to do something that low with, like, CDs or records, you would have to burn a hole in your wallet just to get that done, especially with records. Oh, yeah, records, yeah, records are still expensive. Oh, yeah, and it's also a nostalgia thing. It's, I mean, I'm I'm a 90s kid. I'm in my mid-20s. I enjoyed cassettes for a short period of time, but now that I'm dealing with cassettes again, it's cool to do all the custom packaging stuff, how you want to have the artwork laid out, and also the various colors and styles of how the actual tapes look. Is, it's just it's fun, really. It's just fun. Well, let me ask you. So a lot of the artists that, that you do the work for, uh, you know, in addition to your bands, do y'all sell? Do you sell the? A lot of these people sell these these uh, cassettes at the shows. Is that the idea? Or are they just sending them out on their mailing list, or how does that go? Um, it's basically whatever the bands want to do. With I, well, for my bands personally, we've done it. We have them available at shows and on our online stores as well. It looks that a lot of the artists are doing the same because when they start promoting it on their pages, I try to promote it on my cassette page, and they seem to have it available online. And it looks like some bands have them at shows as well, and they sell them for like three to five bucks. And some some bands sell out quicker than others, but I guess people still want them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's, it's kind of funny, like I said. I, again, I think it is a whole retro thing. You know, I'm an oh, 80s yeah. kid, and, and, and for, for me, you know, I go back and look at the, you know, the, the two kinds of things that we had the most uh, in the 80s. You, you had vinyl, and I have a lot of, I had a lot of vinyl, and then you had cassettes, and that's pretty much what you had until CDs started coming out, probably in the, the late 80s, early 90s, and people really started paying attention to it in the 90s for sure. So, oh, yeah. you know, and, and now, now CDs sell for almost as cheap as cassettes do. So, like, if you take oh, CDs yeah. someplace and try to sell them back to somebody, that nobody wants them anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll take CDs. I have a really large CD collection. That's my personal favorite physical medium for some reason. 
I guess it's because I grew up in the 90s and 2000s where CDs were the main thing before everything exactly. took over. And it's exactly. also very, it, it's really affordable now. So <laughs> get it while I can, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I mean, it's, it's gotten really, really affordable. Uh, but so let's talk a little bit about the band. So tell me a little bit first about uh, October Bird of Death. Well, I'm the drummer of October Bird of Death. We started in around 2015, I think. And um, I actually joined the band a little later after it started because um, I found an audition to be in this band when it still wasn't named. And they listed influences and people that were in previous bands, which one of the bands was The Blamed. And I'm like, I grew up listening to The Blamed. I like The Blamed. I want to join this band, so I auditioned, sent in some stuff I did in the past, and the rest is history, I guess, and which later turned into me joining Two Minute Minor, which the singer, Wiley Willis, is in both bands like me. So we kind of branched off into doing those two things. October of Death is, I would just say, this punk with some elements of old school. We're starting to get progressive with our newer songs. We're actually recording a new EP next week, um, which should be coming out later this summer or early fall, depending on how quickly we can get it done. Um, Sweet. We have, Sweet. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me more. You were you were, you were saying. Oh, yeah. So right now we just have one uh, mini album out now that we came out with last spring, I believe, called Death Made Its Offer, which you can get on Bandcamp for free. And, um, yeah, just playing local shows. Uh, always try to play audio feed every year when we can. And we're trekking along I guess <laughs> I don't know so tell me so tell me a little bit about that tell, talk about the, the show process so for some of our listeners who are in bands or you know either just starting out or been playing in bands a while talk a little bit about the the, the process of uh, you know booking a show and then playing a venue I mean what what size venues do you typically play I mean and, and what's, your, what's your audience like um hold on let me get a quick drink of water here Now, me personally, I, for both bands, I don't book any of the shows because that's not my forte in the sense. I don't really have those connections like other members do, so I will do the best I can here. Um, we do play it, like, mostly in the Chicago area. Sometimes we branch out into the suburbs or, like, Indiana or Michigan and Wisconsin. So we stay in that area for the most part. Um, <coughs> um it's mostly small bars or venues, nothing big or anything like that. We don't ever sell out shows or anything like that because, I mean, Chicago, there's always something going on, and there's a lot of competition between bands and venues and people coming in and out. So a lot of shows can be pretty small, but there's still energy there, and the people that show up typically enjoy the show, and it's it's very intimate in a sense if there's like maybe 20 or 30 people there or sometimes shows can be so small we're literally just playing to bands but that also builds connections to do 
shows at other locations or bigger opportunities later on, which that has helped for both bands in the past. So it's it's a mix of various things, I guess. Well, you know, the Chicago market definitely has a huge underground scene, and 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 oh, you know, yeah. you, when you think of when you think of uh, places that probably have a, a really major punk scene, in addition to just uh, in in the lo-fi. I mean, the, the original concept of, of a lot of lo-fi sound came out of Chicago, and as you yeah. know, a lot of the local artists there, like like the bands like Sonic Youth, who come out of there, you you, you have you have such a, a hodgepodge of talent, and then you oh, then yeah. you've also got the underground, the whole the whole not even underground, you get the whole jazz scene there, and and but Chicago is just one of those cities. I mean, you know, you can put it in the same vein as, as New York in a lot of ways, you know, it, oh, it, yeah. there's so many, so many different styles of music at any given time. And, you know, I grew up in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And, and, you know, we, we've had, you know, we had Deep Ellum and we had a lot of venues there, you know, and, and so a lot of the bands that, that would come from places like Chicago or New York or DC or LA would come to play in, in, in Dallas and you had some good bands that came out of Dallas as well, but Dallas has really never been as big, you know, a scene as like Chicago and 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 L.A., New York, Seattle, uh, you know, places like that. Talk a little bit yeah. about how you how you think that the the music scene has changed, uh, and and how how it's kind of funny that you you kind of mentioned the whole thing about doing the whole cassette thing. Talk about like all of the, the just the whole retro vibe that's going on right now oh yeah chicago is it's just a it's just throw up of any style of music basically i don't know if that's a good way to explain it but there's just a lot of different stuff i mean chicago is known for its jazz and blues it's also known for like house and dance music from like 80s and 90s which i also really enjoy and there's a lot of punk and hardcore bands that come out of Chicago as well. A lot of folk, indie, experimental stuff. And I had one friend that walked into a coffee shop once and people were just pulling out old analog synthesizers and just droned for hours. Like, there's lots of things happening in Chicago. A lot of DIY venues that come and go. Um, yeah, but... Punk and hardcore is not as big as in Chicago like it is in New York or L.A., especially like pop punk is definitely West Coast for sure. It seems like a lot of stuff from each coast just also comes into Chicago as well. So it's just a lot of mix of stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. You know, and I think our, our, our listeners – Talk, 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 tell, tell, tell maybe a, a story that, you know, like you've had playing a gig, just something that comes to mind that was just kind of a, not maybe necessarily a shocker, but something that was just, you know, unusual or just, just a, an experience you had that, that might be of interest. Um, oh boy, where do I start? Um, there's, there's a lot of strange things that happened in Chicago. Um, there was one band that, I don't remember if it was, October to Death or Two Minute Minor, but we played at a venue in Chicago, and it was mostly, I guess, punk-ish bands that were playing that night, and then there was one band, I can't remember the name for the life of me, but it was three members, there was one person that was playing bass and vocals, another one that was singing, had like a megaphone and stuff, and I think had a guitar, 
and then another guy that was playing other instruments, and all the people also at the same time brought in, like, um, metal tins, garbage cans, um, propane tanks, and just, like, any little thing that they can just smack with a drumstick they used as drums. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. It's very... It's definitely something to see when it's not just your typical four or five piece band with drums, bass, guitar, singing. They just have various uh, other instruments that you wouldn't even think is instruments that could be used. I I get a kick out of those a lot, and I enjoy seeing stuff like that too. But the bands I'm in right now don't really play with bands like that that often. Yeah, you know, I, I I I have a comment on that kind of the the you know that you're seeing a huge move to electronic music, and even yeah. in even in experimental music, a lot of times like even some of the bands that, that that I've interviewed that you know there's a lot of synthesizers, there's a lot of that, is, that that's still going on, and even some of it's retro. You know, they're bringing back a lot of the the Moog sounds and that kind of stuff. But then you've got a lot of that EDM stuff that's so electronically based, you know, and oh, yeah. the DJs and everything. And that 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 is a huge scene, uh, and it it just blows up, I think, in every single market. And and do you think that that takes away at all from from the the bands like yours that you know are trying to kind of get a foothold in in uh, you know where you play, or do you think it doesn't even it doesn't even compare to it? Um, I would. Actually, say it doesn't really like take over in the sense because there are still the punk bars and venues to play at, and it's like certain styles of music are welcome in certain locations of Chicago or like certain venues in, in the sense. So it's not like we would play a show and then right after us there's a DJ. They're not really mixed like that. So it's like different uh, venues have different styles of music or different artists or different types of DJs come in. So it's it's like there's niche areas everywhere and it seems like it seems a little segregated at times, which is sometimes a little bummer where you can't get a bunch of bands that play various things all together and just like just be a bunch of musicians in one place. But I don't know, maybe I'm just not going to the right places. I mean Chicago is huge. No, I think that's, I think that, that, you know, that, that has a lot to do, I think, sometimes with, especially in places like Chicago, New York, LA. I think that has a lot to do with where the scene broke out from. So, yeah. so like if one neighborhood is, you know, people know that neighborhood is that being a, a place where a lot of blues came out of, they try to stay, I think, stay true to that heritage. And so they keep that neighborhood, you know, they focus on that there or, or those, those blues artists know that neighborhood because, you know, they grew up, you know, with, with that sound in that area. And I think that that has something to do with it. Plus, I think it has to do with, you know, it has to do with draw. And I hate saying that, you know, and the, the one thing I I hate talking about, because I've played in many bands for years, and, you know, the one thing that I that I hate talking about, but it is a big thing, is draw. So, like, when you talk to uh, any musicians, and like yourself, you, you, you know, you probably experienced it. One of the first questions you get asked all the time when you're playing a venue is, you know, what kind of draw are you bringing? You know, who, yeah. who, what's your fan base look like? You know, so obviously, 
if your fan base is larger, you're going you're to be playing a larger venue, and I think that has a lot to do with it, where some of the, the dive bars, some of the smaller places, you know, where you would normally hear, you know, blues, or you may hear punk music, or you may hear stuff like that. The, you know, you have a smaller niche market. You have a smaller niche mm-hmm. audience. And I think that's a yeah. big factor. I think with things like pop music, for example, it's so, you know, over overproduced and everything else in so many ways, but there's so many people that listen to it, so they get huge draws in, in larger venues. And that, that I think that's a big factor. But, again, I think that the heritage is a big thing. I mean, I think that when you look at, like you said, Chicago overall, and you look at markets like that, I think that as an artist, you have to you have to be aware of, you know that that it, you know, and I think that's that's something I found playing jazz music. You know, they take that stuff very seriously, man. It's like, oh yeah, they do for sure. Yeah, and if you can't play, you ain't getting up on the stage and playing with people, and even in a impromptu jam, that ain't that ain't happening because they're not gonna they're not gonna make themselves look bad. You know, if you if you really don't know what you're doing, you know, and yeah. and I think it's. I think that's kind of a funny, funny thought process, but, but you know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not as informal as people think it is. You know, if, if, if you think yeah. you can just go and just hang out with a band, oh yeah, let me sit in with you. You might see that more. You might see that with some punk artists and stuff. You may see that with some, some country maybe. You may see that with some blues players, but you know, like I said, jazz is a little, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know how to describe it to people who don't listen to it, but I say it's a little bit more your shot. But if you mess up, you'll never get another one. You know, to to jam with these people. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not in the jazz scene, and also I can't really say for sure. But everything you're saying does make sense. So it, it doesn't sound too far fetched. You know. No, no. So let's talk a little bit about what 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 are you guys what you told me what October Bernadette's working on now. What what's going on with Two Minute Minor? Well, Two Minute Minor just came out with our second album early in May called Blood on Our Front Stoop, which you can get on Bandcamp for free as well. We have uh CDs and cassettes available. Vinyl pre orders are up right now. We should be getting them sometime. Uh, either end of July or early August. We would like to have them come earlier, but you know how that goes. Getting by the course, takes yeah. a long time. So, yeah. So what is what is the next steps for the bands? I mean, are, you, are you continue to just play shows? Are y'all looking for y'all looking for distribution? I mean, what's what's that look like? Well, right now, actually, uh, tomorrow morning, all of us are going to get up at the Buck Crack of Dawn, and we're going to drive to Memphis to play at the AMS Festival in Memphis, Tennessee. And we're just going to be playing shows around in the same areas as October Bird of Death is in the Chicago area, suburbs, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, or if any other place is a little bit far away, we'll attempt to play it too, but we try to stay in the same area. Neither of these bands don't really tour we just play like a bunch of one-off shows if that makes sense of course yeah 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 i mean and that's that's not uncommon you know I've, a lot of the interviews that i've done I've, I've done with a lot of you know artists that come from you know whatever their regional area is and you know they, they kind of stay local to that scene 
And it's kind of funny. Uh, I think it was two two interviews ago. I, I interviewed a, a, a band from uh, uh, from Brazil, and uh, you know they do the same thing there. You know they try to play some big festivals and stuff like that, but but they have their area, you know, near mm-hmm. you know Sao Paulo, and and they they stay kind of in that same kind of mindset. And it's kind of funny that you you see that everywhere. You know, I yeah. think it's it. I think maybe my thought on that. And, and you know, I come at, at from a little different perspective. You know, I'm, I was a drummer as well, uh, but I also played bass. And uh, you know, it's funny because uh, you think about it. I, I think if you're from an area like maybe New York, or you're from an area by or L.A. or whatever, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, if some of those places they just instill to to branch out more. You know, to play to try to play. You know. A, more places and to tour. I don't know. I don't know. But I think some people find their niche, man. They get comfortable, you know, as, and, it, and that's a cool thing. You know, this is the one thing about us. You know, this show, we promote independent music. We promote artists that are out there playing shows or, or promoting their stuff online, you know, in, in, in lo-fi genre, punk, you know, just music that, that, that people kind of vibe to. You know, and, we're, and and most of those musicians, you know, and you know as well as I do, mo- most of those type of bands are never going to be, you know, household names. And if they are, you know, it's going to be a very niche marketplace because they're not looking for that. That's not – I don't think people get into that business for the, oh, we're going to be the next big thing. I don't think that oh, yeah. that's genre of music that people really care about that. I think they're real musicians who really just want to play and put their stuff out there. I mean, what's your thought on it? Yeah, we just want to play and put our stuff out. For I mean, digitally for free. We just want people to have our music. We're not relying this as any source of income whatsoever. Any money we make as a band goes back to the band for merch or gas or any little thing that's needed to further the band. I mean, hold on. <coughs> Sorry about that. I had a little cough there. Um, no problem. Yeah, for both bands, I'm actually the only member in my 20s. Um, everyone else is in their late 30s, 40s, and a couple members are in their early 50s now, so a lot of people are getting older, have families, kids, and uh, certain jobs where they just can't just take off and tour, so that's definitely one reason why neither of these bands will do like a full tour or anything. Unless if they give us a really nice tour bus and private jet, but we that's not <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's so yeah, we we just do it for the love of the music. It's hobbyist. It's not gonna be a ever a full time paying job. So we just do it for fun. We enjoy it a lot. Well, well, that's a good thing, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Zach, I appreciate you sitting down with me today, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that, that our listeners appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to leave leave us with? Um, what, what do you mean, just like any, any last words? or? Yeah, like last words or thoughts, you know. I mean, the one thing that we always talk about is the fact that, you know, we support independent music, and, and we just want artists to continue doing what they do, man, just being out there, playing the music, enjoying it, enjoying the experience, you know, enjoying their audiences and, you know, and just, and just keep doing it. I mean, I think that it's so important uh, as a musician just to, to find your, find what makes you happy and just, and just, and share it. Yeah. I mean, 
I do all this music stuff for fun. I make these tapes for fun. I don't use it as any source of income whatsoever. I just enjoy it, and I try to do things as to make it as cheap as possible for any listener or anyone that wants tapes made or anything like that. And it's just a hobby and a passion of mine, and if I have the ability to do it, I'm going to do it, regardless if I have a full-time job or have stuff going on. I won't let it, like, take over my life, per se, but I will do my best to keep doing it, play in bands and make my own music and make stuff for other people as well. So just well, that's, keep that's... doing it. Yeah, don't get discouraged because that could easily happen. If you just, just don't give up regardless if things seem like they're not working out too well, just have faith and keep moving forward. Keep the DMA well, too. Don't forget that. Exactly. Exactly, and that is that is good words, man. Well, I appreciate you hanging out, Zach. Once again, it was a pleasure talking with you. We wish you continued success, and we we'll, can't wait for everybody to, to listen to the music. All right, thank you very much. It was awesome to be here. All right, take care, man. All right, you too.
that, that's good. You know, that's a uh, captive portal. That's another. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a different. That's different. That's so different from the, the other artists that, that we've listened to so far. And yeah. It's got a cool, cool sound to it, though, man. I mean, you know, that's the thing that's cool to me is diversity, especially, especially when it comes to, you know, independent labels and production. You know, you, you got to have different styles of music. And it's not so different that you couldn't see, you know, combining those onto a compilation or something. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, it's definitely, it was definitely kind of a cool instrumental kind of thing, man. I kind of dug that. Yeah, and this is one of Zach's other projects that he does. I, I, I love it because, uh, you know, I was listening to. I always like, and I know I, I've done this in a couple of shows. I kind of visualize what's happening when I listen to a song, and that's usually how I you know, kind of like, you know, determine whether. I dig the song or not, uh, if I can visualize something. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in this song, kind of, I could see this like in a movie or somebody, you know, like, you know, what I saw in my head was like a, uh, this dude with a gun contemplating his next, like he's an assassin or something. I know that sounds crazy, but. No, you know, not at all. Like, you could see like, or you could see like a motorcycle going down a, uh, like Tokyo Street or something. Yeah. With all the lights of the city, yeah. You know, and then and then like there's the little the little kitty that little kitty that the, they they have one of the Japanese things. Hello Japanese Kitty, you talking about Hello Kitty? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more like sitting in you know in the darkness behind me, you know, with a cigarette, you know, burning there. Not that he was smoking it or anything. I'm sure he's anti-cigarette. This assassin, but. Um, yeah, 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 he was vaping. That's, that's healthier for you, sure it is. But uh, no, just something like that. Is I, I I like it. You know, I listened to the other music that he had in in, uh, in, in this project in this project called uh, Captain Portal and Be Which. It's called Be Which One. I really it really stood out to me because it it just kind of I don't know it just kind of made me feel a certain way and I I dug it so I said well I think we're gonna play this song. You know, like I said, I had previously kind of investigated some of the music and I really dig all the music. I dig his versatility is versatility, not versatility. There's no such word as versatility. Is there a search? Is there a word called versatility? No. Okay. So it's versatility. <laughs> <laughs> there, there might be on some planet. <laughs> okay. So anyway, well, thank you for correcting me. Um, yeah, so I really dig his music. I, I love the just, the, I mean, again, I have to stress because it's like, you know, we do a show and it's like we meet different people each time and they all bring different types of talents that are out there that sometimes get ignored because they're not part of the mainstream or whatever. But they're oh, doing, you know, sure. but they're doing good stuff, good, you know, creativity, their artistic flavor, their artistic artistic expression is there man and I, i've really dug the interview the interview was really deep and i really love the way he talked about everything that he does and all that stuff and i love how his music just you know it's it's he's not stuck in like oh this is what i play and that's it you know he has an open mind and he expresses himself through his music and you know through his playing and through you know everything and i, and I dig how he he does these projects and help you know um other other labels and everything get their work done and all that kind of stuff is really cool. And, really cool. and it's true, it's so true. And you know, here the other thing too, you, you got to think of sometimes. And I know a lot of our listeners are musicians themselves and are trying to put their stuff out there. And, and believe believe me, you know, please send us your 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 tapes, send us your CDs. 
you know, anything that, that, that you'd want us to, to play on one of our shows or, or if you're interested in potentially uh, being interviewed for the show, if you've got some unique insight, something that definitely would be interest to our listeners, please submit that to us. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think is so important as a musician is, is to be open-minded. And I think that, you know, when you push yourself as a musician, whether you're a drummer, a bass player, a guitarist, piano player, whatever you are, um, you know, you push yourself as a musician, you, you need to sometimes open yourself up to play different types of music. And I think that this kind of gives an insight to that. You know, one style is not everything. If you stick with one, just one thing, yeah, you'll get really good at it. Right. But, but you won't be open-minded enough to experience other styles of music and, and kind of open yourself up. And I think that's kind of what he does. And I, and I respect musicians that do that. Right on. And I think it's another uh, form of maturity, too, in music as well. You know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember when I was younger playing drums, you know, I used to play mostly, you know, pop bands and, and then, you know, our band, you mm-hmm. know, like more more uh, techno. Mm-hmm. And then I played when I was younger, I played even some rock bands and stuff. But, you know, you never really test yourself until you play stuff like jazz or new age or are things where, you know, you really have to work on syncopated type of rhythms and, right. you know, polyphonic mm-hmm. type of sounds. I mean, it's a lot harder. But it's it's just so cool to be able to play anything, man. And, right. and I think sometimes it stretches you. And I know you playing guitar, you know, when you were younger, mm-hmm. the same thing. You played one style at the beginning, and then you kind of stretched yourself out as you got older. And, right. and probably now, you know, who knows, man, you may be just putting on some headphones to pretend you're playing because you, you, you're like on some space somewhere you know what I'm vaping i'm doing some vaping and some space vibes man it's <laughs> like pluck a string and just listen like, pluck the string and listen yeah. you know and you just get the get the reverb of that string for like <laughs> you know just a 10 minute album <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you guys out there that are, are artists or labels or you know and you want to be on a show or let us listen to some of your music Please contact us on our Facebook page at, what is our page? Oh, yeah, Radio Free Lo-Fi at uh, Facebook. And you can find us, just type it in, Radio Free Lo-Fi, and you can find us. You can also send us an email. Our email will be in the show notes. Uh, we're going through some transitioning right now between services. But you can email us at RadioFreeLoFi at gmail.com. And plus, in the show notes, I'll have an additional email that you can send us your information or your uh, links to your music. And we, are, we also uh, feature different labels on this show from time to time. One of the labels we kind of work with a lot is uh, Marley Records, one of our sponsors. And so you can also submit your music through Marley Records. What What is that website again? It's uh, MarleyRecords.com uh, and Marley Records at Facebook or, in all, or any other type of social media, you know, that's out there. They're on everything. And I think they have submissions. I think it's submissions at Marley Records. I'll put that in there. Thanks for reminding me, and I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes, too. So Perfect. And do we have one more song we want to play before the show ends? Yes, we want to play another two-minute minor, and this song is called... We're going to we're gonna leave you guys, so we're going to bid you farewell. We're going to leave you with two-minute minor, Ten City. You want to say anything else before we go, Johnny? You know, man, keep, again, as I always say, keep 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 it real. Keep doing music. Keep doing what you love, you know, and, and, and maybe the money will come. You know, I, I, <laughs> I say maybe because, you know, man, it, this, this world's crazy. and You never know what people are going to really gravitate to. Mm-hmm. But 
the thing is, what we know is good music, it, it, people will find it, you know. And so just keep doing what you do, and, and we, we love listening. That's right. And I say peace, love, and attitude. And here is Two Minute Minor with Tent City. Shut down, free food should be better than uptown. 